When we don't believe that God is able to do exceedingly more than we can ask, think, or imagine, we literally, in many ways, place a glass ceiling over our lives. Because when you place a glass ceiling over God, you inevitably place a glass ceiling over your own life. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. Come and join us in the sanctuary as we listen in on a dynamic word from our senior pastor, Dr. Gina M. Stewart. I want to talk today about take the limits off. Most of us are familiar with the term glass ceiling. How many of you heard of a glass ceiling? And glass ceiling is a common term that is used primarily in the business world to refer to an invisible barrier that prevents someone from achieving success. It means when someone says that they've been affected by a glass ceiling, that a person will only rise so high in promotions despite their abilities. Although it is most often heard in the context of women, we know that sexism plays a major role in the advancement of women. And most of the time when we hear glass ceilings, we hear it in the context of women who cannot advance to higher or the highest levels of power in the workplace. But some of us who are present here today know that glass ceilings don't just exist for women, but glass ceilings are forms of workplace discrimination. Somebody said workplace discrimination. And they are policies that are not just directed at women, but policies which allow and engender discrimination based on gender, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. What the glass ceiling represents is an invisible barrier. Somebody says an invisible barrier. And the glass ceiling is an invisible barrier that obstructs, obstructs the advancement of discriminated individuals. In other words, the glass ceiling is that invisible barrier that keeps some individuals, somebody say some, not everybody, but some, some individuals based on gender or based on race or based on even physical disability and sexual orientation from advancing in the, the organizational hierarchy in spite of their qualifications expertise and professional experience and although we don't think in terms of a glass ceiling when it comes to issues of faith I want to suggest that as we look at this theme for the new year of taking the limits off that the glass ceiling is an appropriate metaphor for the invisible forces that sometimes contribute to the stagnation inertia and obstruction in a believer's life in other words, what I'm suggesting is that even though there are people of faith who sit in our pews every Sunday, we sing the songs of Zion, we lift up holy hands, we worship God in spirit and in truth, we sing the praises, we know the lingo, but there are many believers, not just unbelievers, believers whose progress, believers who are saved, baptized, and spirit-filled whose progress is impeded or slowed or our momentum is lost because we place a cap on God's power. Somebody say amen. 
How many of you know people that have placed a cap on God's power? That no matter what is going on in their lives, they don't see God to do. They don't believe that God is able to do what God says he will. And I want to tell you that this is a potential tragedy. Somebody says it's a potential tragedy. And the reason why it's a potential tragedy is because it sets us up to live beneath our privilege. When we don't believe that God is able to do exceedingly more than we can ask, think, or imagine, we literally, in many ways, place a glass ceiling over our lives. Because when you place a glass ceiling over God, you inevitably place a glass ceiling over your own life. Because when you're in covenant with God, one of the ways that you are able, you and I are able to advance, is not because of our ability, but because of God's ability. So it is a potential tragedy when we place a cap on God's power. When we think to ourselves that this is about as good as it gets. And there are some people that think that they've seen their best days. You know, we hear songs. Paul Morton has a song out that says, you haven't seen your best days yet. And the best is yet to come. But for many of us, that's just cliche and colloquialism. We don't really apprehend the fact that as bad as things can be in our lives right now, it is still possible that better days are ahead. Why don't you just look at somebody and tell them, I know you can't see it right now, but better days really are ahead. And you cannot base it on the way your life looks right now. If you were here Wednesday night, and you heard some of the testimonies that blessed us on Wednesday night and heard where some of the people who told their stories have come from. Hallelujah to Jesus. If you had looked at them in that season past, some of us would not have believed that they would live to stand here and tell that they overcame by the, word of the, by the word of the Lamb, blood of the Lamb, and the word of their testimony. But when you enter the God factor into your situation, anything is possible. So it's a potential tragedy. It's a potential tragedy when we place a cap on God's power because it's inconsistent with the life we were intended to live. Ephesians 3 and 20 in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, there is a prayer for believers. And in that prayer, one of the things Paul prays for in Ephesians 3 and 20, we quote that scripture all the time, is that the church might be able to comprehend with all saints. If you look at that text, it says, what is the length and the breadth and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ that passes all understanding. In other words, Paul prays not for them to get a Bentley. He prays not for them to be promoted on their job. He prays not for expansion in their lives or their careers, even though there's nothing wrong with any of those things. What Paul prays for for the believer is that they might first comprehend the length and breadth and depth and height, and know intimately the love of Christ that passes all understanding. Why would Paul pray that prayer? Because if you can grasp 
the greatness of God's power and the greatness of God's love, what you discover is that inexhaustible resources are at your disposal. All you got to do is reach up and access what God has for you. Paul declares in this doxology that infinite possibilities, somebody say infinite possibilities, are available to those that believe, not because you are able, but because God is able. Touch your neighbor, say, I can take the limits off my life because God is able. It's not because of what you are able to do, but because of what God is able to do. In fact, I'm looking at some of you who are not supposed to even be alive today, but you are here today because of the power of God that was at work in your life. Why don't you clap your hands and give him praise? Paul says, don't miss this. I want you to get this word, infinite possibilities. Somebody said it with me, infinite possibilities are available to those that believe, not because you're able, but because God is able. At the center of the Christian faith is the conviction, the belief that God is able. At the center, the crux of our faith, the hub of our faith, is that there is a God of power who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all things according to the power that's at work in us. Y'all don't know when to shout. This conviction is stressed over and over in the Bible. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why every Sunday when you come in here, when, preach, when you go to churches, preachers are basically trying to stress and keep alive this conviction that no matter what you face each week, and some of us can testify, we face some crazy stuff. Come on, I need somebody to talk to me. We, there are some things that we go through that just really blow us away. But every week, that's why it's important for you not to miss worship. Because there's so much that not only the enemy throws at you, but that life throws at you. That at the hub or the center of our faith has to be the belief that even when I'm not able, God is. What I can't do, God can. What I can't fix, God can fix. And when others won't help me, God will. I wish I had some help in here. It's a conviction that is stressed over and over and over in the Old and New Testament. And theologically, it is expressed as the omnipotence, somebody say omnipotence, or the power of God. The omnipotence or the power of God. The omnipotence, somebody said omnipotence or the power of God. And see, the reason why we don't necessarily get excited about the omnipotence and the power of God is because we allow people to have too much power over us. And so you can't shout of the omnipotence of God's power because you're worried about your supervisor who you think got power over you. But I need to tell you that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Let me tell you something. When God has power, he got power over your supervisor. He got power over Congress. 
He even got power over the devil. Somebody said omnipotence. I don't care what Negroes trying to do to you. When you understand that nobody's arms, everybody's arms are too short to box with God. I wish I had somebody in here that could just get excited about a God of power. Somebody said omnipotence. When you walk in the break room tomorrow and you look at some of them Negroes that's trying to set you up, just say omnipotence. They're going to think you're trying to play words with friends, but they don't understand that you got some revelation that they don't have. Just go in the break room and say omnipotence, omnipotence. Some of them are going to say you impotent. No, I ain't impotent. I said omnipotent. He's a God of power. I, I, I'm going to take my time and work this because you can't take no limits off your life until you understand that you serve a God that knows no limits. He's a God that has no boundaries. He cannot be contained. When I was growing up, the old folk used to say, so high, you can't get over him. So wide. You can't get around it. So low, you can't get under Where can I go from your presence? If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I take the wings of a dove, you're there. He's everywhere at the same time. He's an omnipotent, ubiquitous God. Ubiquitous means he's everywhere present. So that even when I get there, God is already there. He already on your job working stuff out. He already working behind the scenes. He's already arranging and rearranging details that concern you. So why don't you let God do his job and you do yours? You give him praise because he has power. So the omnipotence of God means that God is sufficiently capable. Huh, you know I love words. He's sufficiently capable to handle whatever situation I face. And God is sufficiently capable of doing anything because God's omnipotence means that God generates power, Stephanie, from himself. In other words, God's power does not originate from external sources. The power of God is God. Y'all ain't saying nothing. In other words, God doesn't have power outages. His lights, I'm trying not to, never go out. The electricity never stops. Because his power originates from God himself. And God does whatever God wants to do. Whenever God gets ready to because God's power is not restrained. Now, some of you are going to have to press the rewind button, uh, Sonia, to think about this. Because you know, uh, if you really think about some things, that if the devil, 
oh Lord have mercy, had had his way in your life. And if he had been as powerful as he thought he was, some of you wouldn't be sitting here right now. But you ought to just think for a minute about God's faithfulness in your life and how you transcended every attack of the enemy. And it wasn't because the enemy didn't have it out to get you. Touch your neighbor and say, it wasn't because he wasn't trying to kill me. It's just that God didn't let him kill me. Somebody ought to give God a God didn't let him do it. Praise. Somebody ought to thank him for every mountain he brought you over and for every valley he brought you through. And for this we say hallelujah. Some of you know that if it had not been left up to the Lord, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, now let Israel say, when our enemies rose up against us, but thanks be to God, that always leads us to triumph. We are here today, and we are free, and we live to tell about it. Because the power of God says that God is able. God is not impotent. The God we serve ain't weak. He is not a weak God. He is not a, an impotent God. He, he is not incompetent. This God that we serve is a God of unlimited and infinite power. Dr. Martin Luther King said on one occasion that the God that we serve is able to beat back the gigantic waves of opposition and bring down prodigious mountains of evil. The ringing testimony of the Christian faith is that God is able, that God can sustain the universe. How you think the world's still turning on its axis? How you think the sun comes up every day without you sending it a text? Y'all ain't saying nothing. How do you think the moon knows when to shine at night? I wish I had somebody. Without anybody setting a clock to tell the moon to shine, how do you think that the days separate and the seasons change without anybody giving instructions or sending a memo because there is a God in heaven that upholds the world by the word of his power. Oh, I'm getting happy shouting off doctrine. You see, you, I, there, there, there's a God in heaven. The Bible says he upholds the world by the word of his power. The word, the word, somebody said the word of his power. It ain't even his hand. He ain't even lifted his hand yet. All God has to do is open his mouth. He opens his mouth and he's holding the world. What will happen when he starts lifting his hands? And, hey, I don't hear nobody saying nothing. That's the kind of God you serve. He's an omnipotent God. He's not an incompetent God. He sustains the universe. He's able to subdue the forces of evil. And he can equip us with the interior resources. Somebody said, I need some interior resources. And can I just pause parenthetically here and say, you need interior resources. You need stuff on the inside to help you to deal with the vicissitudes of life. The reason why most of us are still standing is not because we got money. It's not because we got so many connections, but we got some interior resources. Lord, help me preach this today. There's some stuff on the inside. I call it a weeble wobble pray. There's some stuff on the inside of us that keeps us stable. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. A higher plane than I found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Is there anybody here that can give God praise for your interior resources? The only thing that kept you alive was your interior resources. You didn't have money. You didn't have insurance. You didn't even have a job. But you had faith. 
You could trust God. Even when you couldn't track him, you believe God to do the impossible. I wish I had somebody in here that can just thank him for interior resources. You ought to just yank somebody by the hand and tell him, I thank God that I got something on the inside. Because you can't look at me and tell what I've been through. You can't look at me and tell that I should have been crazy and should have jumped off a bridge. Ah, but I got... Interior resources that help us to handle the vicissitudes of life so that we can be like a tree. Listen now. Planted by rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. The Bible says his leaf does not wither. And whatsoever he or she does shall prosper. I don't hear nobody saying nothing. The reason why you still green even though you've been through seasons of drought is because you got a source. Let's look at somebody said track the cable. It ain't a check that's keeping me alive. It ain't, it ain't my bank account that's keeping me alive. But I'm like a tree that's planted by rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season and my leaf. Shall not wither. Ooh, I love the imagery. His leaf does not wither. See, when you're in a drought, you're supposed to turn brown. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's ain't even in my notes, but let me just give you this picture right here. Touch your neighbor saying, I ain't even brown either. That's why you can't tell what I'm going through. That's why sometimes you wonder why I don't look brown when I'm, well, I'm looking green when I should have been brown. It's because I, I'm hooked up. I'm like a tree that. Ooh, I don't know who I'm talking to in here today, but somebody ought to thank God that you got the hookup. Ah, why don't you have five, three people that tell them I got the hookup. I'm like a tree planted by streams of water, my leaf. I ought to be brown because I ain't got a job. I ought to be brown because I ain't got no money. I ought to be brown because I don't have health insurance. I ought to be brown because folk have walked out on me and turned their back on me and had not had a whole lot to hold me up, oh, but I thank God. Hey! Hey, but I thank him that I'm like a tree. Somebody said like a tree planted by rivers of water. And because I'm connected, that's it, that's it, that's it. So I'm connected, I'm connected. I'm connected, I'm connected. I'm connected to a God of inexhaustible resources. Because of that. See, that's why, that's why your enemies that thought they were getting rid of you and thought they were setting you up so that you could fail can't figure out why you're still here. Y'all ain't saying nothing. That's why the people that thought that when they pulled their help and their resources from you, you weren't going to survive. But the reason why you're still here, just high five three people says, because I'm connected, I'm connected. I'm connected. I ain't connected to the mayor. I ain't connected to City Hall. I ain't connected to somebody with money. I'm connected to the God. Somebody say, I'm connected, I'm connected. And my faith, sit down, because I ain't through. Because I still, I got to still tell you, <laughs> I'm just building a case. I'm building a case for why you can take the limits off. My faith says that because God is able, 
It gives me power to face staggering disappointments. The tragedies of life. It gives me the inner equilibrium. Equilibrium is just a word for balance. Some of us in the spirit ought to be walking around like we got vertigo. I had vertigo. I know what it's like to be laying in a bed in a room spinning. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I know what it's like to not have your balance because something is off in your ear. Come on, ain't nobody saying nothing. But when you got God in your life, he gives you an inner balance. Even though outside you ought to be stumbling and walking around like you're drunk or high or strung out on something. God gives you an inner equilibrium to stand tall in the midst of your trials and your burdens of life. God is able to give us inner peace in the midst of life storms. Why? Because at the center of the Christian faith is the conviction that God is able. But here's the other piece. Not only is God able, but he's able to do infinitely more. Infinite, now you got to think about what infinite means. Infinity is not a car. I should say, not just a car. It is a car. I had one. But infinity is more than just a car. Infinity, or to be infinite by definition, means without limits. It means no boundaries. Paul said in one translation that God is able to do infinitely more, immeasurably more, than we can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's at work in us. Which means that there is power that's at my disposal because the same power of God that got Jesus up from the grave is at work in my life. And because that power is at work in my life, not only is God able, not only can God do infinitely more than we can ask, think, or imagine, but that power is in me. Which means that that power, don't miss this, provides me with the spiritual resources. See, so often we only think about resources in terms of material resources. We only think about a tangible resources. But I'm here to tell you that many of us have survived not because we had the material resources, but because we had the spiritual resources. It was not that we always had enough money to pay our bills. It was not that we always knew how we were going to get tuition paid. It was not that we could always see the end from the beginning, but we had these spiritual resources that enabled us to trust God through some of our worst situations. It was the spiritual resources that helped us to meet the ever-decreasing, increasing demands of our lives. And this power is the Spirit's enabling. Somebody says it's the Spirit's enabling. It's the Spirit's enabling us to stand up and succeed in spite of. Now, I ain't got long, I ain't got long for you to do this. But some of you need to give God an in spite of praise. And let me tell you why. Because you were able to accomplish some stuff in spite of. You graduated in spite of. You moved up in spite of. You got the promotion in spite of. God opened a door in spite of. You got the job in spite of. You live to testify in spite of. You alive today in spite of. 
Can somebody give God five seconds of an instant? Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray that you were tremendously blessed by the word. Like what you've heard? You can purchase this message by visiting www.christmbc.org store or by emailing us at orders at christmbc.org. Be sure to mention the title of the message. We are one church in two locations. Join us at one of our two locations at 8 a.m. at our east location at the Esplanade Memphis located at 901 Cordova Station, Cordova, Tennessee 38018 or at 10 a.m. at our south location located at 480 South Parkway East, Memphis, Tennessee 38106. May God continue to bless you is our prayer.